Welcome to the Halftime Chat with me, Sim Gacy, in the change room made just for you by Bright Rock. In this episode, I'm joined by my former Springwell captain, Corne Krucha, a personal childhood hero and the reason why I played flanker. Apart from being a legend of the game, he's just an unbelievable human. It was great speaking to him about change in his life and how he's navigated change on and off the rugby field. Corne Krucha, former Springwell captain, you are... Zambian born, you were actually born same hospital as George Gregan. What do they have in the water at that hospital? <laughs> that's actually a, a bit, I think that's a Wikipedia uh, entry, but it's a wrong entry. Is it? We were both born in Lusaka, but not in the same hospital. I was born in the military hospital. Okay. And he was born at the uh, UTH, which is a uni- university t- uh, teaching hospital. Yeah. Oh. So um, it's not quite correct, but. You know, you never spoil a good story with facts. Huh? Agreed, agreed, agreed. Let's, <laughs> ask, let's check this next fact. You played Craven Week 92 with Herschel Gibbs. That's correct. Uh, and Bruce Montgomery. Probably one of the best players I ever played with. Huh? He was an absolute freak on the rugby field. Uh, like, we haven't even started the interview yet, but now, uh, like, was he that good? Yeah, he was phenomenal. You know, I think size would have counted against him later on. Okay. So he made the right decision to go to cricket because he could play longer. Mm-hmm. But he was an absolute freak. I mean, he won that Craven Week for us, hands down. You know, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. All right, let me just say, before I even begin, I'm in your office. What is your company name? It's called Oncon Advertising. Oncon Advertising. What do you do? Well, we advertise in Oncon environments. Oncon is on consumption, where people drink. So I'm very focused on, on the townships around the big metros in, in South Africa. Do you need a BE partner? Because we can talk. I always need one. Yeah, we must <laughs> talk. So for me, I just want to say, there's a picture there of Nelson Khorishatla Mandela. Let's talk about that, because so much has changed since this man was the leader of this country. Explain the picture. Yeah, it's a very, very special picture. Um, it was 2009. Um, my kids were still very small. The youngest one was sitting on his lap. The, um, he's now 10 years old. So um, it's an amazing picture. And, you know, I, obviously when I was Springbok captain, I was in a very difficult era um, in South African rugby. But one of the perks was that uh, Nelson was, was president at the time. And afterwards, you know... Um, his assistant Zelda said to me, Kone, why don't you bring the family for a photo with him at his house in, in, in Bishop's Court? So we went through for, for an hour or two and had an amazing time with him and the kids met him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, the, the kids now realize how great that photo really is. What is your first memory of playing rugby? What is, well, can you still smell it? Because for me, when I think of my first rugby memory, I can still smell the grass, that wet grass, barefoot to the cold under my feet. Your first rugby memory? Yeah, so I came from Zambia. I was born in Zambia, and my parents, um, well, my mom was a school teacher, so she. Mine too. Yeah, so she thought it, it good for me to go to school at the age of four. So I went to, I came to South Africa at the age of four. I turned five in, in grade one. Um, so in, on the 21st of March, um, uh, um, in, I, was, I turned five in grade one. So it was a. I was very young and I, I came to a school in Paul, which was three and a half thousand kilometers away from home. And, um, and I remember my first match um, as, a, as a young kid there. You know, I was a bit younger than all the other kids, but the one thing I really enjoyed doing was tackling people. You know? <laughs> so, so, you know... That kids, didn't change kids, much. But kids don't, 
yeah. don't want to pl- tackle that. Yeah. All want to play with the ball, yeah. you know. So I, so I tackled people, and then people said, "No, this guy's good." You can, and so those are my memories, you know, yeah. starting at at, at pr- primary school in Paul Boys Eye. So, and then what changed from there? From you being this this five year old throughout your whole rugby career, what changed the most throughout your time time playing rugby, except becoming bigger? Well, I th- you're actually right. It didn't really change much the fact that I really love tackling. Yes, I, really, I remember that. Yeah, my fa- I'll never forget my father-in-law, um, before I married his daughter, he said to me once, he said, you know, why, did you want to r- why don't you run with the ball more? And I said to him, you know, because there's, a lo- there's always guys that want to run with the ball, but not yeah. a lot of guys want to tackle, you know. Mm-hmm. So, And it's interesting, my, my middle son loves running with the ball and my youngest son, he wants to tackle people. That's all he wants to do. So, um, look, it's... a uh, it was an amazing opportunity to to meet people, to become friends with people, to stay healthy, and and sport gave me sport, but rugby in specific, I think gave me amazing opportunities. So, what kind of person do you think you'd become if you didn't play rugby? Because rugby is really it, it changes people and it really transforms your life incredibly. Yeah, look, I I started, I really shudder to think what I would have been like if I didn't have a sport or mm. a because you know I grew up away from my family um, and sport taught me discipline that was the most important thing yeah. uh, sport kept me away from smoking drinking drugs and all the, all the, those kinds of things so um, when in a, in, a, in a time in my in my life when I really needed guidance you know my rugby coaches and my rugby family and my sporting family because yeah. I did I did lots of sports I did swimming athletics rugby so uh I think sport at that time really helped me and guide me through that very difficult time. Yeah. So you have a family, uh, and I'm sure you're, you're a father, you're a husband. How is it different from going from a rugby field to being a father and a husband? It's, it's, um, it's an easy transition from sport to being a family man and, and looking after your family, and that's probably why I only started a family when I stopped playing. Okay. Um, so in my final year, um, I was overseas and we didn't travel a lot. So yeah. I had lots of time with my daughter, my first kid, and um, you know, and with my family. So um, that transition is a much easier one than than transitioning from sport to business, which is yeah, which is which is a much more difficult one. How is that transition? Because I see many rugby players, because I'm friends with many rugby players, and they yeah. do go into this transition of playing rugby, going overseas, then you know having a family, and then business. Or yeah. it's a transition between those. Yeah. How is that different from playing rugby to being a business person, a businessman? Look, the the most important thing, I guess, the difference is that um, it doesn't get much better than than singing the national anthem in front of 60 or 70,000 people and then facing the haka and mm-hmm. then playing for 80 minutes and then you're done, you know. Um, that that job satisfaction you'll never get. Amen. So you have to make peace with that. Um, that's the one thing. And then the other thing I think is, you know, you um, in South Africa um, – we don't have movie stars, really, yeah. and, uh, except you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but sportsmen in South Africa are really pushed yeah. to a. Yeah. They're really pushed to a, a to another level, you know. And and in that sense, you know, you become the superstar. Um, but if you attach who you are as a person to that superstar, when the, when rugby disappears, then the superstar also disappears, you know. And that's a young, what I'm try, what I always try and tell young kids that are going into rugby or becoming professional rugby players is to say, 
Don't attach who you are as a, a person. If you become a Springbok, if Sivan Gacy becomes a Springbok, he's Sivan Gacy and then he became a Springbok, or a Springbok captain, for that matter. You know? And it's the same with Sia now. Sia was, is a person, and he became Springbok captain. If, if he becomes um, Sia Kulisi, the Springbok captain, when the Springbok captain disappears one day, what's going to happen to Sia Kulisi? Agreed. You know, so that's the most important thing. And, and luckily, you know, by by the grace of God, I, I had that I had that inside of me that I, I must never attach who I am to the, the what what what's really a temporary um, a temporary position. Agreed. You know, it's going to be a year. It might be five years. If you're lucky, it's ten years. You know, but. So, so I always kept my school friends, and and I was in a really good school, with, which which you know really helped me a lot. So, that that transition becomes a little bit easier if you uh, if you don't um, attach your, who you are as a person to that. So, the the transition has been incredible. You know, to to walk in and into a business one day and decide that's what I'm going to do is really, really difficult. Um, but you've got to stick to it. It's like, it's no different to rugby. You've got to keep on working. You've got to keep trying hard and you really got to focus on, on the important things and you've got to keep the same discipline as you have in sport you have to have in business. So the transition between rugby, fatherhood, being a husband, and then you move into, into business. But be honest, being an ex-South African captain opens a lot of doors for you in business, does it not? Has it not helped you in business? Has, I'm sure it's helped your social skills and you know, conversation starters. It's like being on a golf course. It does, you know, um, it does open doors. Unfortunately, um, the business I went into wasn't a, a business that I could really tap into my connections and, and really use them. Mm. And, and that's probably a mistake from my side. I went into a totally different industry where it's really difficult for me to to leverage off my connections, you know, um, I've started one or two other businesses in the in the last year or two where where I can really leverage yeah. off those relationships that I've built over time, you know. Um, but again, you know, if 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 you ha have been in in that privileged position to be a Springbok captain, yes, it does open doors. It does give me the opportunity to get to a meeting, mm. to speak to the right person. And from there, I need to do the business. The pressure's on then to make it work, mm. you know. So, uh, sadly for me, when I went into business, I had the wrong business partner first up. Um, so, from then on, it was always looking for the right mm. person to partner up with, you know. So, um, you business isn't easy, but if you have a good partner, it, it can help, you know, and um, mm. and that's been shown around mm. the world. I think that's quite uh, similar to rugby, though. In rugby, there's 15 people on that field, and you have to get the center pairings connect. You have to get the loose forward pairing because you were you were the, you were the mule. You, you hardly ran with the ball. You tackled a lot. You were in. You were getting dirty, but I'm sure you had a flanker who was running with the ball or an eighth man who was running with the ball. And who was your, um, I must be honest, for me, being able to speak to you, and I said this to you before when I introduced you, he, you were doing a, a charity fight night, and I introduced you as one of, the, one of the greatest guys I know, and it's quite inspiring for me to even be talking to you, yeah. as cliche as that sounds, you even mentioning my name is quite a, a thing for me. Um, who was your, 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 other, your, your other number, your loose forward? Bob Skinstead played Bob's, with me a lot. You had a, that's yeah. a runner. And yeah. who's your, who's your... And then Hendrik Heber also played. So he was pretty much like I was. So we had two 
open side flankers who really went for the ball. Mm. So our, our opposition hated playing against us. I because, could imagine. Because if I wasn't at the one ruck, he was at the mm. other ruck, you know, and it, it was really, it was hard for guys to play against mm. us because we really slowed down their ball yeah. and we really made it difficult and we both defended well. So, and Bob was the guy who ran around yeah. and scored the tries for us. With so. his tongue out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the breakdown. The breakdown, rugby in general. A lot of rule changes. A lot of things have changed. Mm. What do you feel about the changes in rugby? If it's rules, if it's how it's played, if it's the money that people are getting paid, how do you yeah. feel of the change of rugby? Because a lot of yeah. things have changed and transformed in rugby. Let me start by saying I think it's a change for the positive. Rugby's become a safer sport. Um, and the rules that have been in, in, in you know, brought into the game have really changed um, and made it a lot safer. I think they can still look at the ruck um, and, and that's where a lot of guys are getting injured mm. these days. If you're running into a ruck at full speed mm. with your shoulder, somebody is going to get injured, you know. So they need to figure out something there. But rugby needs to stay hard. You know, rugby is a, is a, is a, it's a seriously mm. uh, combative sport, you know, and, and, and it's full contact. Mm. And rugby is one of the very few games where... Um, you might be the the, uh, the opposition might be more skilled than you, mm. but if you physically take them on, their mm. their skill decreases as you bash them. You know, <laughs> and I think that's the, what makes rugby so interesting. Mm. Um, something that you might not know is that there's an overriding rule about rugby, and 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 the overriding rule of rugby that they'll always refer to throughout whenever they change any laws, is they'll refer to the um, the overriding rule is that. Um, rugby should be a game played by people of all shapes and sizes. Mm. So they'll never, ever change a, a scrum rule mm. which will take all the fatties out. Mm. They'll never change a line-out rule mm. for all the... And then they'll mm. take out the tall timber, mm. you know. So, so a Herschel Yankees weighs 70-odd kilos at best, but he can play. And, and the rules allow him to play. And that's the amazing thing about rugby. And as you know, mm. tall people, fat people, mm. short people, all of them are different personalities. There's a lot of different personality types in the rugby game. So that makes it such an incredible game, you know, what makes it interesting to, one, to watch, but also to play because you make these different friends from different spheres with all these totally different personalities, which is awesome. It's funny, I, you're the first person I've ever spoken to who's actually mentioned that because I always mention that rugby is one of the greatest games in the world because everyone has a fat friend. Everyone has a tall, thin friend. Yeah. Everyone has a fast friend. Everyone has a, someone who loves yeah. tackling. We all have those. And that's yeah. why it's one of the greatest games in the world. And that's why I believe when you go to heaven, they're playing rugby up there. They're not For playing sure. soccer. Yeah. But, but, you know, a rugby league is not far different from rugby. But, but they've changed a couple of small rules. Mm. And if you look at the uh, uh, rugby league team, yeah. they're all the same size. Agreed. They're all stocky, fast very uh, strong guys mm. who can run quick and who are, who are quite strong, yeah. you know. Where rugby is not like that. Agreed. You know, Herschel Yankees mm. cannot play um, uh, a number, uh, league. A hooker. He can't play league. Yeah. They'll kill him. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, the, um, so you have had many injuries and injuries in rugby, knees, you know, it's, it's ankles, very difficult places to heal. And you missed out in the World Cup because of injuries. Yeah. How do you get back after really going down and rehabilitation talks takes up to nine months? What inspires you to get back up to be able to run back onto that field? Because that's a big change. Your, your body will yeah. never be the same again after such a big injury. Yeah, so I had two uh, cruciate ligaments, uh, anterior cruciate ligaments, so two reconstructions on my knees. And, and you know, the, 
as you said, eight to nine months. I always made it shorter, six to seven months. If they said eight, I said six, you know. So I always try to go a little, back a little bit quicker than I should have. Um, and, and fortunately for me, the one thing I do have is I've, I've got cartridge in my knee. So even though my knees are, are, are not great, I, I can still run, I can still do a whole lot of stuff, you know. Are your knees better than Jean de Villiers' knees? There's far, the question. Far better. <laughs> You know, he's, he's, he's yeah. a couple of years younger yeah. than me, you know, so I can still run marathons. I mean, I don't think he can run 5K. No, he honest, cannot. You know? so, <laughs> I was with him in Nigeria. So I'm very privileged yeah, in, in that sense, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think the, the ultimate, you know, goal is that you want to play for the Springboks mm. and you want to you you play World Cups, you know. So I had the privilege of playing one. I think John played three. Mm. You know, not, he played three World Cups, but... Only two of them, he was, yeah, 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 yeah. the other one, he was injured, you yeah. know, so, but he, he was picked for three World yeah. Cups, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the one I missed made um, made it so important for me to play the next one, yeah. which was four years later. The Rugby World Cup's like the Olympics for mm. for athletes, you know, mm. it's 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 the pinnacle. Yeah. It's every four years and you, and you really want to go to at least one, you know. So I had the opportunity to go to one and I knew that was my one opportunity. But I wanted it so badly that things that happened before, you know, made me um, do things or, or allow things that I probably wouldn't have done if I had mm. gone to a second or yeah. a third World Cup, mm. you know. So for that, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, and and you know I regret some of the things I, I did and allowed, but life, you know, hindsight is an exact science, you know, and life happens and things happen, and then afterwards, as you get older, you get a bit wiser and you mm. think back and say that was a mistake. Yeah. It's quite it's quite interesting to hear a man with your leadership uh, capabilities and uh, the, the stature of man that you are that you still can word and say that I have regrets. Yeah, you know, it's um. I think that one of the things about leadership is is that one is you must be big enough to be able to say sorry mm. I did make a mistake, and then afterwards to be able to say I'll take responsibility for that mistake mm. as well. You know, so I made lots of mistakes. You know, but I was I was, as you know, um, I. I I wasn't the biggest guy around, so I had to throw my weight around, and I was I had to make up with aggression. You know, mm. so. Um, when I did make mistakes, I, I think I always came out and I, and I admitted and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to correct it. You know, it wasn't the right thing to do at the time, but that was pretty much a bit in my nature mm. to, to come out fighting and not just to give up, you know. What is it about rugby that makes such good men? I think the fact that you're humbled the, by... If you're not humble yourself, you'll you'll be humbled by the game and by somebody else who's bigger <laughs> and stronger than you. Yeah. You know, so uh, a lot of guys, you know, who aren't that humble come into the game and they they humbled very quickly. Mm. You know, so I think that's the one thing about the game that does it. But but sport in general, if you think about it, sport humbles people. Mm. You know, if you if you think you're better than the game, or you mm. think you're bigger than the Springboks, or you think you're bigger than South African rugby mm. or Western Province or the Sharks, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, at some point, you're going to be humbled. And I think, luckily, I was I. I I went to school and my parents taught me to be humble at all times. Doesn't matter where you come from, what you've achieved, you, you've got to be humble and 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 appreciate the fact that there are other people that didn't have those opportunities mm. that you had, you know. So, um, yeah, I think when you get older, you get a bit wiser. Yeah. The, the, the beauty about 
rugby that I love the most is it will humble you eventually. And it's one of the only sports that I know that if you're not humble, if you're not a good person, they won't pick you. Like I, I've, I, I, I speak sometimes to the guys of the sevens team, the sevens team, yeah. and they're the nicest guys ever. And I say, where are the bad guys? And the guys like, no, we don't pick the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, what you're saying is 100% correct, and, and it's and it's confirmed um, by a book that I read about this about the All Blacks, and 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 one of the first principles in there's six or seven principles, but the, one of the first principles is no pricks. <laughs> no pricks, that's it. Yes. We don't pick pricks. Yeah. You know? And you'll see that a guy might come in to the to the all black team and he'll be there for a while, but he won't stay long. There, mm. There's no longevity for guys who, who think they're bigger than yeah. all blacks than the all blacks. And um and it's pretty similar in, in most teams and in most mm. countries, you know. Mm. So unless there's a real lack of talent yeah. in, in, mm. in the country and they're really looking mm. for in and they'll mm. play anybody yeah. who's got talent, you know. But in general the team sorts that out. Mm. You know, the team environment is 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 always more important mm. than than individual talent. You know, mm. because if if the team environment's great and there's lots of individual guys there who are really talented, you know, the team will do well. Mm. But if there's one guy who's disruptive to the team environment, you know, that that can cause that the team won't function as yeah. it should. So usually that, those guys get eliminated, no, eliminated quite quickly. You know? We won't talk about it now, but Folau is a great example of straight, one of Australia's best players, and they're going to the World Cup without him. And that, that's, that's a it. big yeah. call. That yeah. is a that's it. big call. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those examples. Yeah. Yeah. And up and under in, 20, in 2000, uh, 2019, and you have the best up and under catcher who's a beast and you're still going to go to the World Cup. It shows we're one of the greatest games in the world. So you, you play, you're a huge supporter and ambassador of the Lawrence Sports for Good Foundation, which is doing great work throughout the world about changing lives. And you've mentioned it already, but I, I want to be able to mention, how did you get involved in Lawrence and the kind of work you're doing to make sure you can transform lives using sport and change lives using sport? And Nelson Khorisatla Mandela was the biggest component in creating Laureus. Yeah, so um, unfortunately you can't decide you want to get involved with Laureus. Um, I've, I've, I've realized, <laughs> getting in there, yeah. they've given me, yeah. I've, I've been there and you don't, you don't know how, who, yeah. you do, who is the guy at the top? So the, you'll see there's a certificate there uh. um, um, from Laureus, um, uh, Edwin Moses, signed by Edwin Moses. And yeah. Just so Edwin Moses. I, so I think the... Um, how it works basically is that they look for ambassadors around the world, okay. you know, and and sporting ambassadors, obviously people from different countries, and then in every country, Laureus has a as 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 Laureus South Africa is is obviously I was asked by Mornay, who runs Laureus in in South Africa, and he, I was asked by Mornay to you know would I would I like to get involved? And I said, geez, it would be a great honor for me. And it's just a great honor to be involved with yeah. such an incredible um, institution that, that changes lives all around the world. And based on the fact that they use sport. And, and what I told you earlier, what sport did for me, you know, for me, I know what it did for me, so I can tell kids that. I can tell kids, guys, you know, I was away from my parents. I, I, grew, away, I grew up away from my parents. The only thing that kept me on the straight and narrow was sport. Mm. And, and, and it's a natural thing. Nobody ever said to me, Kona, if you do sport, mm. you will stay away from smoking and drugs and, and, and. I did it. And by, by sheer coincidence, I did sport and, the, and 
and it was a natural thing inside me. I made that connection to say, hey, if I want to, if I want to do well in sport, if I want to be a good rugby player, because rugby rugby gave me friends. I was away from from my family, so rugby gave me friends. I said, if if that's what I want, yeah. if I want lots of friends, I must play good rugby. If I want to play good rugby, I should not smoke and not take drugs. So then, from that, you know, so that discipline. That's what it taught me. Yeah. Rugby taught me incredible discipline, you know. So um, I'm, I'm, I'll forever be grateful to to rugby and to sport. And therefore, the the small thing I can do is give back and give back Great. to the children and teach and tell tell children that I'm a living example of what can happen mm. if you use sport and you use sport, you know, productively to to move your life forward. So definitely, rugby changed your life in the course of your life. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. And 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 sport is changing people's lives as we speak right now you know there's there's kids doing sport now there's there's uh, one of the favorite my favorite um um charities that laurie supports in south africa is ways for change and and it's, a, it's an english guy who came to south africa loved surfing started surfing and he realized it's amazing that they, he didn't see any black people from the township surfing and then he started this thing, Ways for Change. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the and commercial. And it's, it's absolutely incredible what he's done. He actually won a best um, a charity worldwide. He mm. won the best charity two two years ago, I mm. think. And and literally what it does is takes kids from the townships. Now, one, a massive fear for for water and swimming. Mm. The sea is even worse. And the sharks. Yo, shocks. Because we look like seals as black people in the water. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 what he did with those kids is just incredible. Mm. You know, so I've I've been to many of the events and I love I love the love seeing the the Mm. kids lose that fear and become so more and more Mm. confident. And a fear if you have one fear of something, uh, you you transform that fear. Suddenly other things that you feared, Mm. your fear of, of you know leaving the township or you know your fear of of not having money one day. Mm. The, those fears suddenly all become mm. insignificant. Yeah, you know, okay. if you cover a, if you if you if you win over a massive fear. Yeah. So I love seeing those kids how they smile, how mm. they love it. Because surfing, to be honest, is one of the greatest sports when it comes to sheer pleasure. Mm. You know, and because you have to be in the moment mm. because the sea is dangerous mm. and you have to you you can't. I can run on the road. And I, I can think lots of business, and I can mm. think a whole lot of stuff. But when I when I put my head through that in first there. wave, mm. I'm I'm there. Yeah. I'm only on on the board, and I'm in the wave. You yeah. know, so that's fantastic. Mm. I love it. My favorite um, Loris uh, charity is Box Girls. Yes. Go into the townships, young ladies learning about boxing, mm. and the most amazing thing is that in all their conditions. The chance of any of them succeeding is very slim, yeah. but their dreams, yes. they want to be doctors, they yeah. want to be accountants, yeah. they want to be lawyers, yeah. but because sport has been yeah. put into that environment of theirs, yeah. sport lets them they believe that they can do anything. Exactly. Yeah. But me, as an outsider, I, I, I'm in there and I'm going, like, only 10% of you will be successful yeah. or make it, but it's irrelevant. But it gives them hope. It gives them hope, yeah. and yeah. that's and all that's we the need, most and that's the most important yeah. thing. It's just absolute yeah. hope. Best rugby moment? And the best and the worst rugby moment for you? Okay, uh, the best rugby moment is um, obviously my first test match. Um, Nick Mallet. Um, uh, I love his mind as a rugby. Yeah, how yeah. was it? Sorry, how yeah. was it being with him? Like working no, with a, that rugby mind. He's a serious uh, tactician and, and a guy who understands the game. And 
his his confidence and he, and and you, he's one of those players you play for. Mm. He's one of those people that you you play for the Springbok and you play for Nick Mallet. Yeah. So he was one of those guys. <laughs> so he made me captain in my first Test match. Okay. And that was a very special day, obviously for me. And we won 101 0 which was a record score at the time against uh, Romania against Italy. Italy. Oh, Italy. Yeah. John Smith beat that many years later against Romania. Yeah. So um, it was a. It was an amazing day, and um, obviously when I went to the World Cup as captain was also um, right up there. But I mm. think the first test as captain was very special. Mm. And then obviously my worst moment was the biggest score, um, the biggest loss uh, was also a record at the time oh, against England, England, uh, 53-3 at Twickenham, and uh, we had a, a red card after. 20 minutes. And so remind me, who, who was the red card to? Janis Labuskagni. Yeah. So we, 2002, took him 53-3. Um, that monkey was taken off my back uh, last year or the year. Yes, we are. Two uh, years ago. All yeah. Blacks, All Blacks, South Africa. That's it. It was a big score. Yeah, huge, huge. 50 something, 50 yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, 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 that was the, big, the yeah, biggest yeah. loss now. So I'm the second biggest. Which I'm, but you still haven't lost against my... Japan. You haven't lost against Japan. I haven't. So, <laughs> you haven't. So, Jean, that's his monkey on his back. Yeah, so when he chips me about <laughs> yes, yes, him, then I, I, I always it. have a. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it's. Uh, yeah, so those. But that's, that's the ups and downs of sport. And sport teaches you to be humble when you have great mm. victories, but also to be, you know, to also. To, ha to be able to handle mm. bad losses, you know. And I was quite bad at losing, you know. I, I hated losing uh, really bad. So, so there were times when I didn't behave and when I you know, punched people because I was angry that we were losing. So, and those mistakes I made, you know. Um, but it was my sheer competitive spirit that mm. I just hated losing, you know. So that's why I do stupid boxing things <laughs> every now and then. Do you still get excited about Rugby World Cups even though you're not playing Rugby World Cups? And what do you think is going to happen this year in this Rugby World Cup? Yeah, I, I get very excited about World Cups because, as I said to you, it's like the Olympics of, of, of rugby, you know. So it, it really is you get four year, four year, every four years you get to prove that you're the best in the world or not, you know. Um, even though my, my World Cup in, in 2003 was quite disappointing, we, we lost in the quarterfinals. We, see, yeah, yeah, we were taken out quite badly, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, remember that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I still get excited and I think that, you know, we have a very good chance this year. We've got a very good team. We've got a very good management, um, a, an astute coach who understands what it takes to win a World Cup. And, and I think we're going to be well prepared. Mm. And um, it's all about confidence. And if we, if we win in that first game against New Zealand, our confidence will grow. Mm. If, if we lose to them, it's not going to be the end of the world because mm. we, might still, we will still come second. We should. And then after that, it's, it's three games. You need three big games to win a World Cup. And, and everybody knows that. But there's a lot of competition this year. Mm. Uh, five, I'd say f five teams can easily win this World Cup. England, Wales, New Zealand, Ireland, Australia. Ireland just got killed by England. It's fine. You think so? Yeah. No, they're still, they're still right up there. They smashed the, uh, Wales the other day. So they, they're right up there. Eh? Yes. They're right up there. Those are the five. Yeah, those five, yeah. With outside, outside chance, uh, Scotland, who might shock a couple of people. Mm. But the, the, the five, the big five, they, you know, it's going to be a very interesting world. And I'm super excited, yeah. Last question. What does change mean to you? Change is, um, in my mind, I think 
at different levels. Um, people can change physically. So fat people can become skinny and skinny people can become fat. That's change. So a change of, of physical thing. Then there's mental change. A change from a way you think and and the ab ability to then change your mindset to a, to, to a, a more open mind. And I think that's what education is there for. You know, education is there to, to change an a, a empty mind to an open mind. And then I think the last change is, is spiritual, where, where, you, where you decide at some point in your life that I'm going to change the way I live, um, the example that I am, and, and, and I, want to be a, I want to be a Christian or whatever your, your belief is, and I want to live that type of life. So that's change. And, and you, I think one's ability to change, um, um, I think, determines how mature you are. You know? and, and the older I get, the more I realize that at some point in my life I was, I was quite rigid in my thoughts and I was stuck in a, in a one way of thinking, one belief. But I, I'm, as, as my, my, um, my belief in God hasn't changed, but, but my belief in a whole lot of things have changed and, and, and I'm still able to, to, to realize, you know what, I was wrong on that. And I can say sorry and then I change and I go in the other direction. You know, when you're married... Serve. <laughs> you you learn you learn very quickly that if the, if there's a wrong if you are wrong you say you say I'm sorry and I'm gonna change that but it's not the change isn't easy change is extremely difficult for people but I think as a nation you know the minds are changing we just have to change the right people's minds and we have to we have to we have to we have all of us have to be able to work together and, and understand that what happened in the past is happened in the past. Accept it, embrace it, change, and go in the right direction. And for me, that's changed. Uh, our, country, our country has changed dramatically from where it was. We've, we've taken some setbacks in, in where we are, but I think I'm always positive about this country. I'm going nowhere. And, and, and bags are packed yeah, to go nowhere. Exactly. And 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 what if I can change, then I know other people can change. And if I can help people change their their mindsets, their lifestyle, their beliefs, whatever, then I will try and do that. Um, no, no more questions. I just want to say, for me, when it comes to change, I used to play hooker. I watched you play and I changed to flanker. So I just want to tell 12 year old Siv that one day you will interview a Kone Kriger when you are 33. Very inspiring, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great chatting to you. And that was halftime chat with me, Siv Nyesi, in the change room made just for you by Bright Rock, the first ever needs match life insurance that changes as your life changes. For more episodes, subscribe to In The Change Room on Iona FM, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen.